Welcome to the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral, and I am your Blasphemous Pope. We are beginning meditations. Uh, meditations is more of a how-to guide than a why guide, like the sermons was. That means that we will be going much further in-depth on the topics here in meditations than we did on sermons. That being said, uh, I am not an expert in everything, and I am capable of being wrong. So if you notice that there's some sort of uh, incorrect data uh, that I'm giving, uh, feel free to reach out via the message app on Anchor, or you can reach me at my webpage, harryfelker.wordpress.com, and uh, that is also where any relevant materials, links to uh, uh, reference will be for meditations. Also, I am not, an, as I'm not an expert in everything or, or have knowledge in everything, I am still seeking uh, people who are experts in things such as uh, alternative energy, water collection, and, and other such facets for uh, homesteading and uh, off-grid sustainable existence. If you wish to support this show, you can always, uh, for 99 cents a month, uh, support this show. Uh, I do have other apps that you can uh, that you can support me with, but uh, I, I feel that through Anchor would probably be the best and safest for everybody involved. With that being said, let us commence with meditations. Welcome back. Yes, we are now at Meditations 3, DIY Composting Solutions. Now, if you don't know what DIY means, it means do it yourself. And these are going to be solutions that you use uh, that require more of a time and uh, building investment than a financial investment. You are going to be buying your materials or lack thereof, uh, and then... Um, putting together yourself your own uh, composting system. That's what the DIY aspect is. Um, I am your Blasphemous Pope. This is the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral that we are discussing DIY composting solutions. Now, uh, there are perks. There are very uh, significant perks to uh, doing a DIY system. First and foremost, um, it is as simple and co or complicated as you want. It's fully customizable. You can tailor every single aspect of it to your needs. You have literally the only restraints you have are the physical restraints of your property and your imagination, which is a, a massive boon to uh, any project that you engage in. The other thing is it could be as cheap as free. You can literally do a compost pile for absolutely zero money. Uh, and uh, uh, I will discuss the, the first uh, the DIY method. I will be discussing the freest method, the, the, the one that will cost you the least. Um, so let's just jump right in, shall we? Um, 
the first DIY pile is one of the most ancient uh, uh, composting methods known to man. It is known as the heap. Uh, a composting heap is basically just a pile. Uh, you put your pot, you start your pile on the earth, you know, on the flat ground, you know, and um, you start with a brown layer and then you put your green matter in and then you cover that with a brown layer and then you put more green matter in and a brown layer and then more green matter in and then you cover it with a, uh, a brown layer, but that brown layer doesn't get wet down like the rest of it. Um, if you go back a couple of podcasts, I explain how to really construct a pile or, or construct a, a compost system. This is basically the most basic form of this. Uh, if you go to my website, harry.velker.com, uh, .wordpress.com, sorry, uh, you will find that there is a uh, blog post that is attached to this uh, podcast which gives rough schematics on how to do uh, a compost pile um, uh, in the various forms I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, now, um, you can do any style of composting with uh, with a heap. Um, now, now, whether it's more beneficial to do cold or hot composting really depends on the the relative speed in which you need your 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 material, your your soil. But at the end of the day, if you decide to go hot composting or cold composting, this is going to work no matter what. Um, what you need is some open space that has good drainage. You want to be able to uh, make sure that liquid that comes from your compost pile is able to drain out so that your compost won't get too wet. Um, that space you want it to be at least about three by three uh, feet that is. And um, you want a about a one to one ratio between green and brown matter. Um, and a pitchfork. You're going to need a pitchfork. Um, the pros and cons of a pile is uh, you can add to a pile. Uh, and there is a, a system, uh, basically like a running pile, I think I call it, in the, in, the, uh, in the image, where you can basically start a pile and then have... The next pile that you're starting touch the first pile to allow for the transfer of um, microbes and whatnot uh, and basically just do that in a train around and do a full circle and then when you come to a full circle your first pile should be done by then and usable as soil and then usable as space for the next pile of course um, it's also very useful for vermicomposting which is you know using worms uh, the cons are it is subject to pests and it has generally the longest wait time for hot composting and if you do cold composting you are looking at a six month time investment. Come back for bin composting next.
Hi, and welcome back to uh, Meditations 3, Composting DIY Solutions, or DIY Composting Solutions. Uh, there's something I failed to mention in the last segment, and um, I would be remiss if I didn't. The need for the pitchfork in the heap is for turning and aerating the pile, and um, the uh, the reason why vermicomposting works well with with a heap is because there is a place for the worms to escape to. If your heap does go to a hot pile, um, they can retreat into the ground. They can move to another pile where the temperature maybe not is not so high, or another part of the pile if your pile is large enough where they'll be safer. Um, now, let's move on to bin composting. Now, bin composting is like the first level of difficulty. Uh, if heap composting is like an ancient style that really takes no technological knowledge, uh, bin composting takes your your knowledge from level zero to level one. It's like one step above. Um, now, when you do bin composting, all you really do need to do is create a bin that, preferably, the fits in a three by three space uh, is enclosed but has air holes in it uh, and uh, you generally want to try to put a lid on it uh, for pest control purposes now what can the bin be made out of it can be made out of wood I've seen bins made out of pallet wood where they just stack the pallets along the sides and uh, put a screen on the top and call it a day I've seen them uh, made out of wood made out of uh, turkey wire chicken wire the only thing you really want to focus on with a bin is that it has uh, it's stable uh, it can hold the, the volume of, of waste that you're turning into compost and that uh, the wood if you're using wood is untreated wood uh, treating wood uh, will put chemicals into the soil that may be um, uh, harmful to the microbes, harmful to worms if you are using uh, worms, and harmful to your plants potentially. Um, the other thing that you're going to want with uh, bin composting as opposed to a heap is you're going to want a shovel. Uh, pitchforks are nice, but generally they're very long. Now you can get a short handled pitchfork, but the leverage on it kind of sucks. Um, I find it's easier to go with a shovel, um, mainly because if a small shovel, you can get it in that 90 degrees to your upper body inside of a 3x3 bin and uh, be able to turn and aerate your compost uh, appropriately. The pros and cons of your bin, uh, as opposed to a heap at this point, is you're going to have a very big win in the pest control department if you uh, take a look at the, the uh, schematic I have on harryfelker.wordpress.com in the uh, same titled uh, blog post that goes with this podcast, you will find uh, that you can put a lid on top of your bin. And when you do that, you're reducing the amount of pests that are able to invade your bin. Now, when I talk about pests, I'm not talking about bug larvae. I'm talking about rats, raccoons, larger pests. Um, 
as far as bug larva is concerned, keeping a dry cap uh, on the top will really reduce the uh, uh, potential for any type of insect pests. Um, it is an easier system to maintain. It's easier to keep clean outside of the system because it is a contained system. And um, in regard to the cons, well, you do need some very basic building skills. And when I say basic building skills, I'm talking uh, three-year-old with Legos basic building skills. So it's not really that big of a con, but if you are not uh, handy with a screw gun or a hammer or what have you, it, it can be a setback. Or if you are differently abled, you may need help. Uh, now, it does also limit your max space. If you do look at the schematics, I do put a, pan, uh, a plan up there for being able to do a multi-bin system, which uh, would operate in the same type of vein as a walking heap. But um, you have to realize that having a dedicated bin does uh, limit the amount of space or you're going to just have to continuously build and expand. So that's it for Bing composting. Coming up next is going to be Tumblr composting. Uh, I hope I see you there. Welcome back to the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral, and now we are going to talk about the tumbler system. Uh, you can easily DIY a tumbler system. Uh, I, I put the most basic, commonly found form of a tumbler on that blog post that's attached to this podcast at harryfelker.wordpress.com. Basically, a tumbler uh, composter is just a free-spinning bin. Uh, I have seen uh, uh, varieties of the free-spinning bin as just a 55-gallon uh, uh, no-PBA plastic drum uh, with, uh, with casters for it to roll on. Um, generally, when you do a tumbler system, you're only going to be doing hot composting, uh, mainly because of the fact that uh, there is really little to no uh, room for uh, a cold compa uh, composting or a warm composting system. The, these are compact systems that uh, utilize um, a tumbler to add extra air. So with high aeration is going to come high uh, aerobic uh, decomposition. High aerobic decomposition is going to equal more heat. Now, it does let off a lot of heat, which is a good thing to be able to maintain the uh, temperatures needed for the microbes to thrive. But um, unless it's heavily insulated, one of the biggest problems with a tumbler composter is that the weather is going to be <clears throat> a main factor here. When I say that, I mean that 
uh, if you have very cold winters, unless you have an insulated tumbler, you are not composting during the winter. Your compost is going to freeze, and that's just going to be the end of that. So, what you need. Uh, honestly, with a tumbling composter, you're going to need the parts to build your composter, which is going to generally be a drum, uh, some sort of axle for it to rotate on, or caster wheels for it to rotate on. Um, in the case of a caster, you're going to want a platform to attach your casters to. Um, for those who don't know, casters are just small wheels that uh, attach to like furniture and stuff like that. Um, and um, you're going to need some cutting implements to cut a door into your into your composter uh, to cut the holes for your axle rod if you're going to be doing a standing tumbling composter. Um, the one thing that you're not going to need uh, is a lot of space uh, where the heap and the bin composting systems require a 3x3 three three area to really be an effective composter the tumbler is not uh, so space dependent you can have as small uh, a tumbling composter as you like uh, and that is a benefit because then you can set up multiple composters, multiple tumblers, in order to get the most uh, um, use out of them. The, the pros of a, a tumbling composter is obviously you're going to have a zero pest problem. You're also going to have a zero smell problem because it's hot composting, it's contained. Uh, you are not going to get the uh, aromatics of a of a cold composting system or a heap composting system out in the elements. Uh, it is very easy to maintain. It is by and far one of the most uh, able sensitive methods of composting. Uh, and it is the fastest method of composting for hot composting. You can, you can cut into that eight week time limit um, when you're using a tumbler because of the amount of air that you're adding to your system. Now, as far as uh, the cons are concerned, uh, you do require a bit of technical knowledge. If you are building one of these yourself, um, you, are, you are going to be uh, someone who actually knows their way around tools and knows how to troubleshoot uh, issues with moving parts. Uh, and if that's not you, uh, you might want to not consider or you might want to consider learning how to be that kind of person with uh, a small tumbler compost project and the other thing is because of the fact that it's completely contained you cannot do vermicomposting with a tumbling composter if the compost gets too hot there is no place for the worms to go they are going to die and that is uh, a fact um, normally I would be cutting it off at segment three, but because of the fact that we are doing DIY, I was expecting it to be a little long. There will be a seg segment four where we talk about vermicomposting systems. I'll see you soon.
Welcome back to the final segment of uh, Meditations 3 DIY Composting Solutions. Uh, now we're going to talk about vermicomposting systems. Now vermicomposting systems are the most advanced, so to speak, systems. They, they require a lot of extra knowledge. Um, the vermicomposting system specifically is geared towards using worms to create your compost. Um, this means that you're going to be doing a cold compost system because there is really no escape for the worms uh, when it comes to if the temperatures get too high or too inhospitable for the worms. There's, there's really no way out and you're just going to end up having a collapse of that system um, what you need is obviously you're going to need worms uh, which can be purchased you don't have to go out and dig up worms from your yard um, and stacking bins now uh, there's a lot of different types of solutions in the schematic that is on harryfelker.wordpress.com we we just do a built system like you build a system but you can Create your own system using a chest of drawers, filing cabinet, or anything that uh, has a set of um, layers that you can put your compost in, get your worms in, and the compost then touches the bottom of the uh, the set uh, above it. Um, I don't I don't know what you would call it, the bin above it. Um, now the pros and cons of a vermicomposting system. The pros are it is the fastest cold compost system and it will yield you the finest cold compost. Um, where a normal composting system is six months to compost, the worms can cut that drastically. Uh, in, in optimal conditions, you're talking about maybe a month or a month and a half as opposed to six months to having some sort of usable compost um, they are completely modular you can make them as tall as you as you like uh, you can uh, make them very short shallow and that will turn your compost faster and they will then move on to the next layer and start composting uh, that next layer and the other uh, benefit of this is instead of the compost tea that is naturally generated by the compost draining out into the ground, you will then be able to collect that compost tea and use that in a hydroponic scenario or, in, um, or as part of the watering of your plants to, to fortify the nutrients. Uh, the cons, and now this is a big one, you have to learn how to keep these worms alive. Worm husbandry is a very large part of vermicomposting, and that is something you have to keep in mind. We're going to be talking about the best worm conditions in a little bit, um, and there are limits to the production. You are, your vermicomposting systems are not going to be as large. They're not going to be three by three systems that are three foot tall or five foot tall you, you can't do that because it's it's not healthy for the worms by the time the worms get to some of the other compost uh, 
composting uh, processes that are harmful to the worms are going to start happening. Um, now, as far as best worm conditions, uh, with feeding, you don't want to overfeed them, and you want to make sure that your pieces that are going into your composting system are cut as fine as possible to make it easier for the worms to go through and digest. Um, if the food is decomposing before the worms can get to it, um, then you're overfeeding them. And that's a, that's a very big problem for the worms uh, because some of the processes to natural composting are not very beneficial to worms and they will seek to remove themselves from that, that area. Um, you want to try to keep with non-acidic foods. Uh, the best foods for them are spent coffee grounds, tea, spent grain, um, <clears throat> grass, shredded cardboard, hair. Um, you want to, just like any other uh, composting system, keep it uh, moist like a wet, uh, like a, a wrung out sponge. Um, you want to make sure that you harvest the casings because if you don't harvest worm casings, uh, they will then start to gain mold and that will not be good for your system, not good for your plants. And you want to generally keep your temperatures above 50 degrees but below 84 degrees with no direct sunlight. Uh, now this is the end of the podcast. I hope uh, this has been informational to you and you can uh, move forward with your uh, composting projects. Thank you for listening to the Blasphemous Pope podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening in. Again, if there is any materials, uh, visual materials needed for the podcast, it will be located at harryfelker.wordpress.com. And um, if you wish to support the podcast, you can do so through Anchor for as low as 99 cents a month. For just 99 cents a month, you can help... uh, make these podcasts possible uh with that being said uh i would uh like to thank you again for coming by giving a listen and hope that the podcast has given you something to think about or something uh taught you something that you didn't know If at any point in time you disagree with any of my information, you can feel free to reach out to me through the Anchor messaging app or on my webpage, harryfelker.wordpress.com, and let me know. If you have information that I do not have, if my information happens to be incomplete, uh, I am not infallible. I am not above uh, being corrected, so I welcome anybody with information that I do not have to come on uh, I will do an interview and we will uh, get it all sorted out Um, so again thank you Uh, I appreciate your patronage your time to come and listen and uh, I hope to see you again on the next blasphemous pope podcast